Hey everyone, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Efficiency Bee Podcast, where we focus our time, money, and energy on doing all the right things to live a bold, balanced, and blessed life. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. Each week, we'll share some awesome conversation, new ideas, and lots of laughs. I'm a busy woman. I do life with my husband and three kids. I have a big corporate job and I'm building my dream job on the side. I created EB to share my story, my lessons learned, and inspire you to build a life that you love. You've heard of a queen bee, a honey bee, or a busy bee? This is Efficiency Bee. so glad you're here. So today I have, I think maybe the male version of me (laughs) as a guest. So he's a self-proclaimed workaholic, but he balances it all. And he finds tons of time to hang out with his family. He's got a son and a wife, and he's a author and a podcaster and a business owner. And he does all this cool stuff. um, And he still is considers himself a stay-at-home dad and does a ton of things with his kids. So I'm really excited to introduce Naresh Visa. So he's the founder and CEO of Kirsch Media and Marketing. So excited to get started. Let's jump on in. Hey, Naresh, how are you today? I'm doing all right, Melissa. Looking forward to talking. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on today. Uh, Let's just go quickly over over your business and, and your kind of lifestyle right now. Yeah, well, let's talk about the business first, and then we can talk about the lifestyle right now, because the lifestyle right now is very different from the lifestyle when I got started eight and a half years ago, starting the business. So I started Krish Media and Marketing, a digital marketing agency. That's really what it is at the end of the day. Started that in 2013, left my full-time job. And fortunately for me, uh, I... I started this as a side business. It was like a side hustle. And so after I left the full-time job within, I want to say a month, it's like I gave myself a 20% raise and I was fully working from home. Mm -hmm. I didn't get an office or anything. I started it from my apartment in close to downtown Baltimore. And you fast forward eight years later, the business is continues to do well. I, I, I would consider it to be a lifestyle business. Of course, when you start anything, you want it to be like this big, massive corporation. But it, it's really a lifestyle business. It provides me a living. It puts money in the pocket. It pays the bills and even have money left over to contribute to uh, 401k. And even after contributing to 401k, still have money left over mm-hmm. to invest and do other things. So through my company, Krish Media and Marketing, I've been I have gotten involved in investing, real estate investing specifically, and uh, and succeeded there. So my lifestyle today, though, back in 2013, I was in my mid-20s. I was single. Now I'm a stay-at-home dad because I still work from home, still run the business, and like I said, get involved in other ventures. But I, I've been able to optimize my time and be efficient at what I do. We employ now more than probably 13 different contractors across uh, the different uh, divisions that that I uh, oversee, mm-hmm. and the independent contractors do a good chunk of the work. I handle the big picture management, sales, business development. But uh, the point that I'm making here is that it's a lifestyle business, and I've had time to be a stay at home dad 
And so I take care of my son mostly. Um, I want to say maybe like at least 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I make money too through the business. So I'm able to hire help to help around the house, uh, a, a part-time nanny who comes just for five to 10 hours a week, uh, laundry's taken care of, food, mm-hmm. cooking taken care of, and then hire people to just make sure our house is clean, well-maintained, landscaping, all that. So yeah. uh, it's a lifestyle that I am truly enjoying right now, and I'm only going to keep enjoying it as the business continues to grow and do better and as my investments continue to grow as well. We're so similar in that way. You know, I would rather continue to pay someone to clean my home and to take care of the yard. I live in Arizona where we have huge backyards. Um, like I think you probably have similar in Florida these days, right? And and I need somebody to, to take care of that because if I'm going to save money but spend all my free time trying to take care of cleaning toilets and mowing the yard, I'll never see my kids. So I like that you do that too. That's uh Well, I, I will also admit, even before the kid came along, I was already doing this. Yeah. And it's because I just, I either don't know how to do it or I'm not very good at doing it. So I remember mm-hmm. being a graduate student and cleaning my own bathroom and spending all day doing it. And I said, you know what? I tried it once and I said, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to pay the, at the time it was like 30 bucks. Yeah. Uh, inflation has obviously kicked in, but yeah. I'll be like, okay, I'll pay the 30 bucks to get someone to clean this bathroom or pay the, you know, 60 bucks to get someone to clean our entire apartment. Totally. And so that's, that's part of being efficient, right? It's yeah. kid or not, if you're not good at something, then pay someone to do it. it, it it's yeah. worth it absolutely worth it and when I was living in Baltimore I never did my laundry I I, I just I've always been averse to laundry yeah. so I there was a guy who had a laundry business in our building and he would come you just leave the laundry in a bag this was a novel concept by then now or back then now you have services like this in every city pretty much but you just leave the laundry in a bag and he comes and picks it up and he does a laundry and he drops it off right in front of you and the credit yep. card's on file and it just bills a credit card. I feel like this is so generational too. Like, so I was born in 1981. I'm 40 this year. And fast math, if you said you started working from home in 2013, you're like early to mid 30s. Yeah. Yep. Uh, right now, I'm still in my early 30s. Well, I'm just, I was born in 89, so I'm okay. still early 32. So early we're both 30. millennials, right? I'm I'm on the older end of it, but still both millennials. I think if you talk to any other older generation, they would consider us spoiled or um, spending our money frivolously. And I completely reject the idea. Like, I have time. I run a full-time business, have a podcast, writing a book, have a corporate job, and have three kids and a puppy. <laughs> Oh, wow. I didn't know you had a a corporate job also. I do. Yeah, a big one. Um, It's a it's a big job with a giant company and and lots of travel and all kinds of stuff to do. And I'm I'm building a business and I'm building a brand next to that. And I couldn't do it without leaning on people who have figured out what they do best. And I think sometimes people think like, having a housekeeper is that they're my servant. Like, hell no. I clean before she comes, before they come. There's three of them actually, like a team. Um, 
I pick up crap. I don't I like crap. I pick up clutter. <laughs> but, you know, I want to make sure that everything is taken care of and nice. I still make my children put away their own laundry. I don't put away my own. Don't tell them that. But <laughs> I, <don't. laughs> I make my kids, you know, they don't have to wash it and dry it because they're little, but um, they have to put their own laundry away. So I'm with you on that. I think there's really something to it. And even if it costs us money to do so, what we have is time. And there's some huge value there. There's absolutely huge value. And, and one thing, you, you brought up the term frivolous. And you know, this is frivolous spending. And you are correct in, in the sense there certainly is a generational gap between, between any generation. Forget about baby boomers versus millennials. Any generation, there's going to be a gap. And, and I noticed this after my son was born just the, the gap between grandparents and parents. And then yeah. I'm sure you're going to notice a gap between you and your children. And I'm already seeing this gap yep. in what's happening or what, what's going to be happening politically, you know, 20, 25 years from now, we've seen the concept of marriage change. We've seen the yep. concept of love change. The concept of gender is changing right in front of our eyes. Yep. So we're going to have to adapt and, and get used to this gap. And we're going to become those, those old timers. But I'm actually a pretty cheap guy. Like I, uh, I like to save money and I like to, I'm very cautious of how I spend it. And with that being said, it's absolutely money well spent to, yeah, I agree. To, to hire all these people to take my car. You know, I go in for oil changes and some people are like, Oh, why do you do that? You can just do that at home. Well, <laughs> I like, we have these like 10 minute oil change facilities here in Florida. I'm sure they're, they're across the country. You just go, it's like a drive-thru. You just go in and they do all the work for you and you just sit in your car hanging out for 10 minutes and then you're done. Yeah, I, I prefer that than going out, buying the oil and doing stuff myself and maybe screwing something up and and not checking the tires properly, not checking the the vents properly, the yep. filters properly. I uh, I absolutely prefer that. So Plus you have, it's a mess. You have to clean it all up. Like you've wasted yeah. all this time. Absolutely. And then you can throw when you talk about it being a mess, you know, you could make a mess and it could be a mess in your car. Well, they, a lot of these places have car washes and yep. they'll give you a discount, you know, a package type of deal. Okay. Throw in the car wash. Totally. So you can, you can be cheap. You can still be cheap and still spend money wisely. Let, let's, let's put it that way. I agree. And I, I really like spend money with a purpose. I don't just throw money at things, but I will throw money at things in order to find more time in my day. And I'm, I'm always happy to do that if the right efficient thing comes along. I'm glad yeah, we and, and, and the other thing you brought up is that you have a corporate job. So I don't have a corporate job. And I actually, I wouldn't be where I am today with my passive streams of income had I mm -hmm. stayed at my corporate job. And I think a, a lot of that has to do with the mentality. So you brought up that you're you're on the older end of being a, a millennial and just being a millennial in general we were taught growing up hey you know go to college and get a degree and then you work a job you you get a job and you stay at that job yeah and the mindset was never get a job and learn as much as you can at that job and then go out and start your own business or get a job and then come home and start something on the side that was never the mindset yeah i agree and and so I actually, I think it would be easier for me to go back and get a corporate job while having these passive streams of income. Whereas if I stayed at my corporate job, I don't think I would have, uh, I, I don't think I would have had the urgency or the, 
just the interest or the time or the energy to be like, huh, you know, I want to learn about real estate investing and mm -hmm. to just listen to a bunch of podcasts on real estate investing and read a bunch of blogs and books on real estate investing and attend conferences on real. I wouldn't have done that with a corporate job, but yeah. because I started my own thing and I was work from home and I was single, I was able to devote a lot of time to various interests and to pick and choose good opportunities. I was, I was raised in a, um, my very first job out of college, I was, I was hired into a luxury hotel company. Um, and they raised me for 16 years, <laughs> um, took incredible care of me, moved me all around the country. I lived in Hawaii and I lived in Florida and I lived in LA and, um, eventually moved back to Arizona. And then I, I went to their corporate office and I traveled all over the world. And I had some incredible experiences as a single woman traveler. I mean, solo woman traveler um, in China and in India and in all parts of Europe. And I just, I got to see such cool stuff. Um, I don't regret the corporate piece at all. And, and then I switched, I left that company about 12 months ago. It's been 12 months this September. Um, to another corporation where I was looking to just kind of expand my knowledge and figure out what else didn't I know. And th the travel was still on the table. It's my contract says a hundred percent travel, but because of COVID, I haven't been on an airplane in 18 months. Um, but I love that element of humans and I, it ties so beautifully into my inquisitive nature, hence the podcast, um, my book that I'm writing and then my, my two cents consulting business, which is like, I don't know if I've told you this, but it's fractional CFO work. Um, and I, I kind of tie all of it together. It just, it's all of who I am. Um, and so people say to me all the time, like you should quit your corporate job and then expand the rest. I'd be lying if I said I hadn't thought about it. But I do find tremendous value in the things that I learned from a corporate office. Um, and, and probably one day I will just do my own thing. Um, but I'm 40. I got a lot of room to, to figure that out and, and make it work. Well, so the fact that, yeah, both ways. The, the fact that you are trying to figure it out, that's a first step because most people in corporate, they just don't even want to think about it. They got yeah. their job, they come home and they got laundry and house, the house and kids yeah. to take care of. It's so, mm -hmm. so it's good that, that you're trying to figure it out. Now, I actually, uh, I want to mention two things. I'm also the host of the work from home show, which is according to some different rankings, a number one work from home podcast on the internet. And we talk about work from home topics. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I would recommend you do is not quit your job mm -hmm. and try to hold on to it as long as possible, especially if it's remote. You said you haven't been traveling since March 2020 or whenever the pandemic hit. But if, if you can continue in a remote position at home, that's going it, to, it, that gives you a lot of flexibility and that will allow you to continue doing what you're doing to grow the side stuff. There was a report that came out, I want to say either in the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, and it found that many people nowadays are working two corporate jobs and, mm -hmm. and, and their employers don't even know about the, you know, it's like dating two yeah. different people and they just don't totally. even know about each other. <laughs> totally. and, and so the red flag is for, for some companies is if, if the 
employee rejects the healthcare plan and says, you know, mm. I don't want, I don't need the healthcare. Then they'll say, oh, you know, why don't you need it? Well, you could just make something up and say, oh, you know, I've got good health or something and I don't need it. But, but anyway, uh, people are working two different corporate jobs because the younger folks have figured, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they can. They, they figured out, hey, you know, I'm only working like three hours a day at my corporate job and getting yeah. paid this excellent salary with benefits. Let's just work. Let's just find another job and work a second job. I totally and, agree. And they're getting paid essentially double and adding that to their resume and going to be able to probably leverage that maybe to a third job or like one really big, job awesome too. job. Yeah, yeah. totally. So, and, you know, I started working from home. So for the first nine years of my career with the hotel company, I was in the hotel physically. And then when I joined their corporate office, their corporate office was in Canada. And so I worked remotely from home um, with some occasional travel. I was traveling like one to two times a month for a brief period. Um, But I, I was working from home long, long before you said 2013. That's exactly the year that I started. And People back then would be like, oh, I could never work from home. I don't know how you do that. I'd be distracted. And I was like, I run circles around you guys. <laughs> it's amazing how much you can do working from home. It's absolute. It's so efficient. It's so much better. I, I brought up on the host of the work from home show. But the other thing I did want to mention is we tell our listeners this. I tell my, my followers, my fans is who follow me at, on social media or get on my mailing list at narishvisa.com. Don't quit your full-time job. Mm-hmm. You should always continue with that because the false premise is, oh, I need to quit my job in order to pursue this, in order to pursue that book or to pursue that podcast or pursue that that business. Mm-hmm. No, you should be doing those on the side. And now it's easier than ever to to do both. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I hate it when when people make things mutually exclusive and they say, things like oh should you go to college or should you work a job or start a business and i'm like well you could do both right all you, of it <laughs> yeah you, you, you could do both you know should i do x or should i do y well you could do both yeah. uh and and i i just hate it when i hear that you, you can only make one decision that that's not true at all or should mm-hmm. i go to graduate school or should i continue work? well you could do both, both. and, <laughs> and what's what even better yeah. What's even better is when you go work at a company, like a big corporation, like it seems you work at, and they have these employee perks yep. where they pay for your graduate education. Yep. So uh, keep your options open. Don't quit, especially if you have a, a full-time job. Remember how I mentioned my dream job? Well, I thought I'd take this opportunity to tell you a little bit about it. It's called Two Cents Consulting. T-W-O. S-E-N-S-E. We focus on building custom, simple, and sensible accounting solutions to small businesses. We customize a plan based on the specific business needs. Options are available from a single consultation, multiple session packages, or long-term support. We're 100% woman-owned and operated. We specialize in strategy, process improvement, or just some good old-fashioned accounting cleanup. We're here to help you maximize the way you spend your time and money. All right, let's get back to the show. Continue with that full-time job and the benefits and everything else. So much of it, it may seem serendipitous too. You know, I did my, um, I did my internship at Walt Disney World in, 
oh my gosh, I don't even know what year it was, 2002, I think. And I took online classes through Northern Arizona University. And these were like early 2000 online classes. So this was not a thing yet. There was no online universities. Nobody knew how to do this. But I was doing it. And I remember all of my fellow interns were just completely dumbfounded about why I would want to do this. And I was like, I don't want to miss a semester of school and be behind. I just, I can just do school while I'm here with you knuckleheads. And I did. Um, and that kind of was weird to everybody at the time. And then I did my master's program in 2005. I started it online while I was living in Hawaii. And again, I got the same reaction. Oh, I could never do it online. You know, I won't get anything out of it. Like, I got my MBA in two years and was all the better for it. No problem. It was before all of the online stuff that everyone said it couldn't be done. And and now I sit here today thinking, yeah, this isn't a problem. Like, why did everybody make this such a big deal? It's so much simpler. Yeah. Well, well look, when it comes to degrees, first off, the the economy, the job market is changing rapidly. So right now, as we conduct this interview there is a major, a severe labor shortage across every industry. You said you work in corporate. You, you probably see it. You probably get emails from your your employer saying, hey, we have all these job openings. We're looking to fill these spots. We'll fill these positions. This is the case in upper-level positions, lower-level yeah. lo- positions. It's the case across the board. And a lot of this is due to a variety of factors. Part mm-hmm. of it is the pandemic, people going on unemployment, not wanting to go back to work. A lot of it has to do with millennials. A lot of the work baby boomers retired early too, because of yep. this crazy pandemic. Absolutely. Yep. A lot of baby boomers retired. A lot of people died. Unfortunately, you know, yep, it's a pandemic, a lot of people died. The jobs. I'm glad you said that because <laughs> I talked to a lot of people about this and no one has said that. And it's like, yeah, that's a big part of it. <laughs> we lost that's, a lot that, of human I, beings. <laughs> yeah, we did. We we've yeah. lost, and here in the United States alone, we've we've the we've lost over six hundred thousand. Yeah, and and look, yes, many of those were people who weren't who were already retired. But look, even a hundred thousand jobs yep. that that were previously filled and that are now unfilled that that's a lot of jobs that are available. Yep. That's painful. And then you also throw in. Uh, I, I brought up millennial younger people they realized, hey, I don't need this job anymore. And they did not follow my advice. They said, I'm just going to go ahead and quit and get on Robinhood and start trading stocks or cryptocurrency or Bitcoin. And they've done very, very well doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, or finally pursuing that passion project or that side business or whatever it might be. So all of these have contributed to a massive labor shortage. And it's just going to change the way our kids grow up. How old is your son? Oh, he's young. He He's only uh, 19, 20 months old. Okay. So he's almost two. My youngest is six. So they'll be peers, right, as, as adults in the working world. Um, they'll be closer in age than you and I are at the moment. But the, the world that they're going to grow up in is going to be one where people have been working from home for 20 years now, and it's normal. They also are growing up my oldest is 10 and she even has never known a world without an iPad. Yeah. Like let that yeah. sink in. Right. <laughs> she doesn't know a world without an iPad and they, their lives are going to be so incredibly different than ours are. We can't even begin to un- uncover the, 
problems and or solutions that they're going to be facing. It's, it will. It's and wild. I think, I think that's a good thing. And we talked earlier in the conversation about how the world is changing in front of us and we're going to have to adapt to it. We, older people are going to have to adapt to it mm-hmm. and it, it is going to be extremely different, but I, I bring this up. I, I brought up the labor shortage because this idea that you have to even go to college to, to make money or to get a job, it, it's, Obviously, right now, anyone is hiring it as long as you can do the job. Mm-hmm. So if you can find ways to do the job to develop those skill sets, then you're good to go. Now, there are some industry, you know, licensed industries where you still need to get that degree or that certification. You know, if you, you want to be a doctor, you want to be a CPA, uh, you want to sell life insurance or become a financial planner. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to you're going to have to get those certifications in some cases, those degrees, the graduate school, the training, you're you're still going to have to do that. But in, I would say now close to 80% or let's just say more than 70% of job functions out there. You don't need, you don't need those degrees. You you just don't need it. You can go online, sign up for uh, enroll in a coding Academy course and get a job at Google or Facebook or, mm-hmm. or Silicon Valley where the starting salary is $80,000 a year yeah. as a 19-year-old. Yep. Yep. I don't I don't um regret either of my degrees. I have a bachelor's and a master's and I I value them tremendously, but it was also what was expected from the previous generation. And like I said, I'm the first gen millennial. So I didn't know any better to push back. But there's more millennials now, I'd say, that that do push back and say, maybe that's not what I want to do or figure out a different path. Plus, the student loans now are just obscene. I, I don't know how I got two degrees with no debt. Um, although I, I guess I do. I worked full time during my bachelor's and during my master's, and I paid for everything up front. Um, with a little help from some employers, but uh, it's it's crazy how much people can really go into debt from student loans too, and and I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. That well, that is overwhelming. That's another factor to take into consideration because I got my master's degree in 2012, so it's been almost 10 years since I got that master's degree, and since I got that degree to today, the tuition has gone up by at least 40%. Mm -hmm. And that's in a matter of 10 years, it's gone up at least 40%. This was an expensive private university. So you can imagine 20 years from now, well, let's just say 15 years from now when, you know, my son is of age and we start looking at colleges, if that's what he wants to do, um, you can imagine how expensive it's going to be. Unfortunately, we still have those local state colleges that where you can, you know, they offer scholarships and you can get all sorts of grants and the tuition is still kept affordable. But if you, let's say you have a really smart kid who gets into Harvard or who gets into to Stanford or Notre Dame, you know, some very good prestigious private schools, we're talking tuition that's going to be north of $120,000 a year, yeah. a year, uh, by the time our kid, or at least my kid goes to school mm-hmm. 17 years from now. 
You better that's, be working at Google at the same time getting that eighty thousand dollars salary. I mean, it, really, at that stage, it's a. Yeah. It, I, I think the competition. It, it's going to be the tack is going to be all right. Learn the skills in high school instead of college or graduate school or yeah. on the job. Learn the skills in high school and, like you said, then go work a job like you know at Google or your uh, a tech company wherever mm-hmm. you live, and have the employer pay for your bachelor's. That yeah. that's what it's probably I think going to become. But the idea, the, these four-year degree programs, they're becoming obsolete. I mean, they're really marketing engines. They're great marketers yeah. at attracting people to pay an insane amount of money mm-hmm. and to, to borrow an insane amount of money. Like you yeah. said, student loans, to borrow an insane amount of money. It's a big business for all the players involved. And these loans that they put out there that are like for your life, right? Like here's your tuition and your room and your books, but here's extra money to live. That's predatory, in my opinion. Like, what are you doing to these people? Of course, they're going to take it, but they're going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and never be able to pay it off. Yeah, I can't uh, yeah. It. it's, you know, I, I don't like that term predatory because at the end, and, and this is what they say. They say, look, you signed the papers, you yeah. signed on the, you, you, you read what you're getting into and you made that decision and you were 18 years old, you're a grown adult. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of them, same thing with the financial crisis with a lot of the mortgages, you know, yep. I'm, I'm a little bit on the, the corporate side where it was like, look, you signed the paper. I mean, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree with the responsibility that you have to take. But I also think like, there has to be some corporate responsibility to save the individual from their lack of control. <laughs> a lot of people yeah. just don't have it yeah it, it's a lack of uh, it's a lack of knowledge it's a lack yeah. of understanding it's a it's just a, a lack of financial management well and like anything right like i'll eat that cupcake because i'm not going to think about if i have one of those every single day i'm going to gain whatever or any anything you could extrapolate this example into anything but we're so focused on the right now that we don't our brains don't think about the 10 years 20 years 30 years from now that we're still going to be paying that off it seems like so far away my older self can deal with it and that's what i mean about it being predatory the these loan companies know that I won't have the whatever you want to call that smarts or knowledge or experience or maturity to understand that yet. And that, well, that's for me is a problem. When I hear people with high paying jobs say that they're slaving away, working so hard, making all this money. That's not, that's not the modern day slavery in the workplace. It's actually this, it's being saddled with hundreds of thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. of debt that you're just never going to be able to pay back because you're going to progress in life. You're going to get married. You're going to want to buy a house. You're going to have children. You got to worry about their finances and paying for them and their tuition and and healthcare. And you throw on top of before even all of this, you're saddled with, let's say $200,000 worth of student loan debt. And after you pay all those necessities, right? You think, okay, well, I can finally buy that car. I can finally go on that vacation. Nope, because that money is going right back into yeah. paying off. And they give you all these loans. like f- these flashy, shiny objects like, oh, you can go interest free with that a- for a year. Oh, or you can make no payments for a year, except they don't point out. It's in the f- small print that interest is accruing that whole time. Yep. You're going to owe us all that. And it's just people don't read and they don't pay attention. And because of my financial nature, it's just it just boils me but anyway i could talk about that for a long time i want to talk about your books can you talk a little bit about the books that you've written 
Yep, I've written five books all dealing with e-commerce, digital marketing, uh, online and digital business, technology. My most popular one is called Fifty Shades of... Actually, I shouldn't say that's the most popular. Uh, my favorite one is called Fifty Shades of Marketing. <laughs> and it's all about how you can really start your own online business through online and digital resources. It's it's a marketing primer, everything you need to know about every marketing topic imaginable. Uh, the book came out in 2015, so it's six years old. Mm-hmm. And I called in 2015. I said, I said, look, the next recession that hits the, the world, the United States, it's going to force people to work from home. It's going to give rise to more of a freelance independent contractor economy. And we're seeing that mm-hmm. the pandemic came. I didn't predict the pandemic, but um, this was going to happen regardless. And so right. highly recommend people check it out. If they get on my mailing list at nareshvisa.com, then I'd be glad. Get on the mailing list, contact me through nareshvisa.com, say that you heard me on Melissa's podcast, and I'd be glad to send a free copy of the book. Super cool. I will, um, we'll make sure that your, all of your links are in the show notes as well. So it'll be easy to find, but the, the idea that you saw this coming, right? Like it, it makes such sense in hindsight that of course it would be, I mean, I can promise you that in 2015, I wasn't thinking this, but, but it makes sense now looking back, somebody who's an expert in the field would say, we've got all these tools and all this technology and FaceTime. And I mean, Zoom wasn't a big, Zoom was not a household word until the pandemic. However, I used it at work. I used Teams at work for, you know, a a good amount of time prior to the pandemic. And so it's like, what (laughs) what irony, really, that this recession did literally lock us all in our homes. I mean, the 9-11 um, downturn because of of the ec- the economic downturn from nine eleven is what I'm trying to say didn't keep us all in our homes it kept us all off airplanes but, but only there was... only for like three weeks it did because... <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> that's true it, but it but see I was in the hospitality industry at the time and so it did rock the hospitality industry I think specifically and just in the U S um, in a way that that had hit us harder than anything else. The 2007-8 recession with the housing market hit the hotel industry in different ways because people were losing their everything. Um, when the when the banks started going folding, um, all the rich people couldn't afford to go to rich places and fancy places anymore. But this one is so different because it literally locked us all in our boxes and and created a whole nother mess of things. And without that technology... What would have happened? Well, that's what that's what I like to say. It's the pandemic came at the right time. Yeah. If this pandemic came, let's say in 1990 or even 1999, mm-hmm. the entire world would have been royally royally screwed. And I yeah. and I actually do believe that the public health policy would have been very very different. I think the public health policy would have been the policy that that I actually was was a fan of when this pandemic hit early on, which was, all right, just if, if you're old or immunocompromised, you stay at home yep. and everybody else just continue life as normal. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's what the, the policy would have been in, in 1995, simply because we didn't have the infrastructure. We didn't have the, the technology, the IT systems in place to work from home. We, we just didn't have it. 
Yeah, it was and, like dial-up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, 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 there was no email. I mean, you go yeah. back to 1995, most businesses weren't even using email. So, I graduated high school in 1999, and I got my first email account that year when I went to university as a freshman. I mean, it's it was not it did not exist when I was in high school for the everyday person for sure. And now my ten year old has an email address. <laughs> yeah, Just for perspective. Yeah, it's yeah. Crazy. Well, well, that's why I even said on one of my podcasts, I said, "Look, the 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 un." the underrated heroes of this pandemic we've seen a lot of healthcare workers getting the notoriety but the underrated heroes and to me really the real heroes are the the tech professionals the IT mm-hmm. folks the people making sure that the credit cards are being taken that people can work from home that the internet's functioning properly that the work is getting done meetings zoom you name that you name it they're the unsung heroes of this, I agree. this pandemic I agree completely. I always had a a philosophy when I worked in the hotels. I would make sure to become very close with the head chef and the director of IT. Because <laughs> those were the two people that were going to be working hard in the heat, right? In, in the kitchen, so to speak. Well, one obviously, like literally was in the kitchen. But um, these were the people that you needed to have on your side because they were the ones that that were going to need support when, when it really hit the fan. So it's funny that you say that. Yeah. Um, okay, so tell me about your other books. Your not favorite ones. Oh no, I love them too. There, there's Podcastonomics, which was a primer on podcasting that I wrote in twenty. That was in twenty fourteen. Was my first book. Uh, did extremely well. That's actually my best selling book. It still sells a a decent amount of copies. Seven years, almost eight, seven years later, it's still selling extremely well, even though it's a little bit old and outdated. And like I said, it's a primer on podcasting. It's everything you need to know about podcasting from soup to nuts, how to monetize, how to start a podcast, how to run it, uh, ways to strategize, etc. So that's that's another uh, popular book of mine. I mean, I could keep going, but um, you can find all my books on Amazon. Just type in my name, Naresh Fissa. And uh, you can see all the books there. Very cool. And let's talk a little bit about your you self-declaring that you're a stay-at-home dad. I mean, you sound so busy and like you really aren't staying at home with your son, but you say you're with him 80% of the time. Yep, so I'm at home. what does your day look like? I, I, I'm at home. I work from home. My schedule revolves around his schedule, so I have to mm-hmm. change things up as far as his nap times go. Uh, well, change up my schedule, knowing... You know, this this is what time he's going to be taking a nap. This is how I'm going to plan my day around. And then we have, like I said, we have a part time nanny who comes only five to 10 hours a week. So during that time, that's where I schedule meetings. That's where I uh, if I need to leave the house, maybe for a lunch, meet someone for lunch or do some run some errands. I'm able mm-hmm. to knock that out. Um, and Or if I just want to get some extra sleep, i got nothing yeah. else to do, then, then I'll do that as well. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's great, and it's helped me organize my time, my schedule. It's also helped me, it's also helped me uh, stay more fit and active, having this structured, disciplined schedule. So we go for walks every day, for example, or we try to go for walks every day, and I'm able to knock out three to four miles of, of walking in the nice Florida sunlight, fresh vitamin D, 
natural vitamin D. So it, it's helped me in, in a lot of ways. And it's something that I'm just so thankful for doing. And I highly recommend other parents and especially other dads. Hey, if, if you get a chance during those first two years, three years, uh, and, and you're younger, you, you have a kid, then try to try to work from home. Try to, I mean, it's going to be hard to take time off, but try to work from home and, and, cherish those those first two years or so yeah and be part of it right I think that's changing so much these days I talk to more and more men that are um, actively involved with the parenting of the little ones Um, and I was I was looking at my husband the other day like with such admiration because so our kids are six eight and ten now and he was very involved when they were infants but truth be told I don't remember some of those years or those times because I had back-to-back years of pregnancy, breastfeeding, pregnancy, breastfeeding. I I did, my body was not mine for six straight years and I don't, I'm missing chunks, but I watched him. We just got this puppy on three days ago and he's nine weeks old and all the joy of a newborn exists within a puppy as well. (laughs) Um, Constantly having accidents and screaming throughout the night, you know, because he wants to be held or whatever. And my husband two nights in a row now has been like, go sleep with one of the kids and I'll take care of the dog. And so he's up all night with the dog. Oh, I was going to say the kids don't want to help out. They do when they're (laughs) awake, but not at night. (laughs) But But he takes care of him because then I have to be with him all day when I'm home working. Um, and I was just like, what a good partner. He's not like, (laughs) No, you stay, you know, he doesn't look at me and go, you stay up all night with the dog because you stay home. Well, I'm not staying home. I'm working. So we're both working. And I just, he didn't even, he didn't even need to be prompted. We didn't have a discussion. He just did it. And it's such an amazing thing when men just, just jump in to the caretaking of the, of the little whatevers, because that too is generational that. Had you told my grandfather how involved my husband today is with my children and a puppy, he would be oh, like, yeah. what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and my, husband, my, my grandfather is a good dude, but yeah, but that would have just blown their mind. Right. Like, no, well, it wasn't a thing. Yeah. And, and look, well, first off, your husband had three kids of experience to just get up in the middle of the night and say, yeah. you know, he knew, OK, but this is what I there's no question about it. And look, I was not that guy. We had our first child. I was not that guy who was like her father or, or who I even am today. Um, simply because most men, you have that first child and you just have no idea. Yeah. You, you just don't know anything. You know, there are some motherly instincts that kick in for mothers, but for mm-hmm. fathers, you just, I mean, literally, I think it's 0%. You just have no idea what you're doing. You don't even know what to do. You don't even know how to do it. Yeah. So uh, I wasn't born this way. It Let's just say it took, it took about a year of training and, and that's kind of why it's like, man, you brought, you brought up that you, you don't remember those, those moments or those days. And quite frankly, I don't remember that first year all that much either. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's like, huh, well, you know, maybe, maybe we should just have a second kid just so I can actually remember, you know, and, and, and <laughs> I know what I'm words. doing and I know what I'm doing and I'll be, I'll be happier doing it. You know, <laughs> maybe yeah. that's why people have second kids and third kids. 
I wouldn't change it for the world. I always wanted a big family. I always thought I wanted four. Three turns out is plenty. I've got two girls and one boy, and um, and it's it's a handful, but they're so fun, especially now they're at such cool ages where there's just a lot to do, you know? Yep. Awesome. Well, this was super fun. Thank you so very much for coming on. Would you restate your websites, please? And I will make sure to put them in the show notes as well. NareshVisa.com is my personal website. Get on my mailing list and contact me through there. I'll send a free copy of my book, 50 Shades of Marketing or Podcast Nomics. Email me which one you'd like better since we talked about both of those books. Also, KrishMediaMarketing.com is my digital marketing agency's website. K-R-I-S-H Media Marketing, KrishMediaMarketing.com. Our podcast, the Work From Home Show, workfromhomeshow.com, workfromhomeshow.com. You can find us on Apple, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, whatever podcasting platform you utilize. And outside of that, I thank you. Well, all my books are available on Amazon. Type in my name, Naresh Fissa. And I thank you for hosting me on the show. Awesome, Naresh. It was great to have you. Thanks again. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening. I really enjoy doing this podcast, and I hope you enjoy listening to it. If you haven't already, please leave a rating or drop me a comment. I'd love to hear what you think about the show. Until next time, stay bold, stay balanced, and be blessed. See ya!